think these lovely little homes that are cosy and photographed well, I think they'll always do well. The industry's maybe changing a little bit, but not a great deal. You're listening to the She Renovates podcast. You're listening to She Renovates, the podcast for women who want to renovate to create an income and a life they love. Hello, hello everyone. It's Bernadette back with another episode of She Renovates. And today's episode is entitled The Expert's Guide to Short-Term Rentals. Now, I'm your host and today I have a special guest in the incredible Fiona Deegan. Now, we met Fiona on retreat, so she very kindly offered to organise a little tour of some of the short-term rentals in the Southern Highlands. And we got a little bit of a sense of what Fiona is up to. She has a business called Host Partners. And because we have many short-term rental hosts in our audience, I thought it would be really good to get the secret sauce from Fiona. Now, since we got on this morning, we have shared notes and discovered that we went to the same school together, grew up in the same (laughs) area together and followed very similar paths in life. So that's really amazing. And so welcome, Fiona. Thank you, Bernadette. Thank you so much. It is a very small world and I didn't even sort of click when I first met you to because there were so many people there that we would have so much in common. That's amazing. It is amazing. (laughs) Here we are and we're working in similar areas, which is also very interesting. Isn't it? So you took us to some absolutely stunning properties and it was so inspiring. And the reason that we do this is because it really encourages the women, the Wonder Women, to sort of think beyond where they are. And always at least one person says, I've completely changed my plan as a result of that tour. And that definitely did happen after that tour. So Kathy Medell, who's doing the bakehouse in in Maitland, has she has trained, she had planned to have one Airbnb in the factory, but she's realized that she can go quite small and compact and cozy. And from that and very inspired with the inspiration from Angel Place and just awesome. So that's definitely a measure of our success, the amount of impact it has. So before we get into asking questions, do you want to tell us a bit about how your business came about? So where you started in life and how you got to this point? Mm, mm. So as I wrote in my bio, it's interesting writing a bio because it takes you right back and you think, well, what have I done? How did I get to this point? So I went nursing when I left school, grew up in the country in Victoria, did my schooling there, went nursing there. And then I literally took off and travelled. And that was my, I think I was one of those country kids that I could see beyond and there was a big picture and there was fabulous places out there. So I wanted to see them. And through that travel, I ended up in Sydney. And I lived in Sydney for a very long time in the inner city. I was in real estate there. So that kind of, and the inner city architecture is just superb. So that's kind of where it all started to grow. And then over the years, I've stayed in real estate, invested in properties, and ultimately ended up in the Southern Highlands 
and started this business purely. I actually had a corporate life and then my marriage broke down. So I had a young son and I had to be available for him. So I thought, actually, I had my mother here and country, another country lady. And I said, what am I going to do? I've got to get out of corporate. I've got to look after Luca. What am I going to do? And my mother said, well, you're a bit of an OCD cleaner. Why don't you get into cleaning? And I thought, I don't want to go into cleaning. How am I going to do that? And then I thought about it a bit longer and I realised I'm living in a high income area, a lot of money in the Southern Highlands and people, and it was actually a service that they really wanted. So I started this cleaning business and it went crazy to the point where I couldn't sustain the work unless I employed other people. But that wasn't the goal that I wanted. So I started to look at this short-term let and I thought, what is this thing? So started reading and educating myself and I looked at what other people were doing and I thought, well, if I niche this and I pull it in so it's a lot smaller, I can have direct contact with owners. They can ring my phone anytime and maybe that'll work. So I started to do that. And at the time, it just skyrocketed because in those days, like this is eight years ago, in those days, Airbnb was kind of still, I guess, in its infancy in these areas. But there were probably, in those days, 3,000 properties on Airbnb in the Highlands. Now, not every property is going to do so well because not everyone gets it. So the ones that got it were the ones that were successful. And that's still the same to this day. So then I created the business. I originally had a business partner and he was fabulous in the business, but not so great with people. (laughs) So we sort of called a truce and then I took the business over myself and I've been running it that way ever since. So, and the business has grown. We've doubled in three years. Wow. Wow. It's quite, it's quite interesting. And I don't always get it right. As a manager, you don't always get it right. And I'm learning, as I say, every day. But I think if you've got a structure in place and you follow the bouncing ball, you can't make that many mistakes. Yeah. Well, listen, that's awesome. And you you certainly are, like your mum saying, you're OCD about cleaning. I would yeah. say you're capable. You're OCD about managing. Yeah. And, yeah, that's. Yeah. Interesting. And so the business is has doubled in three years. So how many do you have on your team? Well, as in staff? Yeah. We are very lean because, I ha- again, I looked at other business models of other businesses and they seem to have all these sort of staff. But what exactly do these staff do? Because if I can run this business on my own, and I have, you don't need to have huge teams of people. You need specific people for specific jobs. So I oversee everything. We have housekeepers, cleaners. We've got the laundry as well. So we have staff in there. But it's very difficult to find staff. So I think you need, I think you've got to be able to do everything yourself. If you can find other people to help, then I think that's a bonus and try and keep them. Yeah. So we're very, very lean. We don't have a lot of people. I might bring another lady on sort of part-time to pick up some of those cleans that, like, when I get to Thursday and I know I've got guests coming in Friday, I start to tick those boxes. Are we done? Are we done? Are we done? If there's anything sort of outstanding, we need to jump in and get that done. 
Yeah. So we can tick that box. So there's a lot of moving parts in this industry and you've got to be able to see the whole picture and work out you've got to have all that done in that specific period of time. Yeah. And so, so who does that, whether it's you or someone else, it's got to be finished and completed in a time frame. I'm curious to know. So I've had varying numbers of properties on Airbnb and I came to the decision that it is you are really better to do one really well than have too many. I just found that trying to keep up with lots of listings meant that the quality deteriorated. Now, Mm. how do you manage that? How many have you got on your books? We've got 32 at the moment. Okay. So do you actually manage the listing? Yeah. Okay. So how do you manage that? All Mm. the communication and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... I guess the easiest way to put it is, and I think we talked about this when the group was down, with 32 properties, you're going to have superstar performers and you're going to have some that are just more consistent. So we have a list in our laundry. So our laundry manager knows the fast moving properties, we do those first. Make sure you get that is constant, has to be returned really quickly to for the cleaners to go back and clean. So we have some very fast-moving little superstar properties. And when I say little, they are the cottages. Yeah. They're those two bedrooms, three bedroom, two bed, one bath, three bed, two bath, that sort of thing. In this economy, those smaller little properties, the little cabins, the little tiny homes are doing really, really well. So then we have the larger properties like the one that you saw in Barrel. Ellen Street does extremely well. They've got booking after booking. But then there are other properties that are a little bit further out of town and they do get people going there most certainly, but not as much as the smaller ones. So I guess when you talk about man, it sounds a lot to manage 32, but they're not always full and every week's a different week. You might have half of those with bookings one week. So you've got Dean that are consistently moving. But in terms of the listing and the pricing, do you manage that as well? Yes, yes. Well, originally, when I go and meet with an owner initially, we talk about, I explain the process, how it works, and probably, and I think one of the most important things is to be competitive with your pricing. If you can be competitive with your pricing and match what's going on in, in the market, if you've got no one in on a by Wednesday for that Friday, have a look at the pricing okay, and change yep. it if you can, and change it if you can. And there's a lot of people out there that don't have that opportunity because that property, if, it, if the property is paying for a mortgage, then that's a different mindset. If that property is something you're just happy to keep it going, it's 100% booked, it'll do very well because you can look at the, the market and look, look at what's happening. And you can, on Airbnb, you can cho- you can choose smart pricing, but a lot of people don't really like that because the pricing can just decrease like that really quickly. So they want to have some control over, over what they're selling that room for. I know, I must admit, I didn't find smart pricing all that intuitive. When you say that little cottages and tiny homes and two-bedders are very popular, do you mm. think that's price-related? 
I think so. Oh, look, I say that, but because we live so close to Sydney, it's very easy for people to come down here on a Friday and go back on a Sunday. When we had that first interest rate rise, you know, there wasn't much change, but when we got to sort of 10 and 12, the market changed a little bit. And then I started to look at the stats and the analytics a little bit more, and these smaller properties were definitely moving at a faster rate than the bigger okay. one. Yeah. And they are cheaper. They are cheaper, yeah. yeah. But they're still, they're, you'll still get a cottage that's like little Quarry Hill. It's 420 a night, so you've got two nights at 420 and then a cleaning fee of 130 Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. so it's still significant money. You're still paying $1,000 for a weekend. Yeah. It's um, funny because when we did the tour, that first, what's Antler. Antler and Oak, yeah. Yeah. And then the next one that was, the, I think it was in Barrel, that family home in Barrel, which yeah, was so nowhere, nowhere near Street. beautiful. The big one. The two no, no, not one. the really big one. No, oh, the Queen one. Street. Yeah, that one. Little, yeah. And I thought that's interesting because that, that first one, the really gorgeous one, Mm. The cost to set that up would have been extraordinary. Yet mm. it's 150 a night more. I thought that was interesting. That it's really, I wouldn't have thought, yeah, that 150 was a big enough disparity. Yes, and then you look at the location as well. So if you're in the centre of Barrel, or you can be anywhere, whether it's the Hunter Valley or the Blue Mountains, but if you're in the centre of town, well, it's I think with that prop with the Mossvale one, it's what's inside that property. It's the quality of the Reno that mm. they've done and what they've included in that property. Whereas the one in Queen that you saw was a fairly a little bit more basic. Mm. But I, what I'm saying is I didn't think there was a lot of difference in price given yeah, how yeah. basic it was. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. $150, yeah. yeah. So, and you'll see when you're pricing your property, you'll get to that sweet spot, and this is how what I explained to owners, when you get to that sweet spot, your bookings will start to come in. Yeah, yeah. If it's too high, you're going to be missing the mark all the time. So just sort of tweak it as you're going through and you will hit that spot and then you'll notice your booking starts sort of pinging in. So one of the things that a lot of potential property owners worry about is safety and security. Mm. So what do you advise your hosts around that? Yeah. So firstly, I was never really keen on cameras, but I'm, I am now. I am now, and I think one of the best things you can do, and it's all disclosed in the listing, so one of the best things you can do is get a camera out the front of your house, and then it's not you won't sit there all the time looking at people, but you can see, for example, we had a property a couple of weeks ago that has no pets, and I don't think it was a deliberate on the part of the guest. I think he was rushing, and he didn't read it in the listing, but he bought the dog. Okay. So... With the camera out front, the owner saw the dog and she, she wasn't very happy, which is fair enough. So had we not had that camera there, she wouldn't have seen the dog. So then we actually asked him for an extra cleaning fee, which he was fine He was fine to pay. But he said, I totally missed it in the listing. And this is people not reading. Mm. They're rushing through, booking, booking, booking. And it was in the school holidays and they had kids and I thought, oh, I felt a bit sorry for him. <laughs> I didn't want to smash him too hard on a review because 
I don't think he really meant to do it. But cameras are very, very good. I think a camera, good lock, good locking systems. And when you're putting your key locks in, don't have them in a spot where everyone that walks past that house can see it. Like so you're it talking in, about the lock safe, the key the, safe? Yeah, the key safe. Pop it in an area where it's around the side or it's a little bit hidden so the guest will know how to get to it, but nobody yeah. else will know how to get to it. Yeah. And Locks on windows. Do many of your owners have electronic keypads? They do. I like them when they work. It's when they don't work and it's usually 6 o'clock on a Friday night and it's freezing cold and you've got a poor old guest trying to get into a property and then what do we revert back to? An old-fashioned key. Yeah, yeah. So I think if you're going to have the keypads, they're fabulous. That is my – if you're going to have technology, I really believe you've got to have a, a backup. Yeah. And Just is so there, to run there and, and fix it. Is there any other technology that you use? In terms of the properties? Yeah. Yeah, we have – I've got a beautiful old home in Barrel. A couple of the owners actually have remote heating, remote – they can change their hot water settings they can change the heating the cooling and one of them you can actually see when the guest is coming to the front door so one of my owners can see that they're there that they've got the key that they're letting themselves in through that I think it's ring okay thing yeah that's really effective because then a lot of people are rushing when they check out on a Sunday and they forget to turn the heating off you can have we send out our check out information but you can tell that they've rushed because Things are left on and lights are left on. Whereas with this system, you can turn lights off, heating off, cooling off, which is really very, very handy, particularly if you've got an owner living in Sydney. Awesome. Yeah, because that's it's not unusual, is it, to go a day or two after the guest's gone and found the place that's is right. baking. Yeah. That's yeah. Exactly, yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. And it's cost as well for your owner. And I always try and minimise extra cost for owners because it's already expensive. Yeah, and I know one of the tips you gave us when we were there is putting electronic, sorry, electric blankets on the beds. I thought mm. that was brilliant. <laughs> I know. It's such a simple thing, isn't it? It's such a simple way to keep people warm and particularly in this market where it was eight degrees or something this morning, probably colder, mm. but Sydney people and people that come from these hotter climates absolutely freeze down here. So it's a very economical way to keep people warm absolutely and loading up beds with blankets and dunas yes. just adds to the washing well it does yes yeah yes absolutely but in these colder climates you certainly got to have a good quality doona but as you say yes if you've got blanket after blanket they have to be washed and laundered yeah absolutely yeah and so while we're on the subject of washing tell us the story about how you manage the linen and oh, how you came to be a laundromat owner or a laundry owner. <laughs> a laundry owner. That was not in my plan, I must say. So with our linen, we do give people the option. So I say to them when I first meet them, depending on your budget, you can either go really expensive linen like your Sheridans and things like that, or you can go to Ikea. So they will deliver. We can get it laundered, we can get it labelled, we can get it set up ready to go. 
So you don't have to spend a lot of money on linen. In fact, I've got owners, Americans, lovely people, and they bought everything from Costco. I didn't think, I had no idea. And I looked at it and I went, this is gorgeous. It was all white fluffy towels. and But it's actually, I've had that property for years now and it's that look, that linen is still going. Wow. So they're probably at a stage where they need to buy some new, I'll talk to them about that. But after so much washing, linen does kind of wear out a little bit and with guests and things. But you can stock a house and so you need three sets of linen, one on the bed, one in the one in the cupboard and one at the laundry for your turnovers and your back-to-backs and things like that. So we give them the option you can either buy your own or we can hire it to you and we do a couple of our properties do that. So if it's three beds, we just make sure there's a full set on each bed, so towel, bath mats, hand towels, everything for that property for those guests to move into. And then we will invoice them at the end of the month for that for the hiring of that linen. So you laundry actually does all the washing. Yes, we uh, do. So the way that started was we were getting up there with our property numbers, and I was getting a little bit nervous about control or quality control. So we can control our housekeepers. We had all that, but that was fine. The management was fine. It was the laundry that was concerning me. So in the Highlands, we had one laundromat in Mossvale, laundromat in Barrow, laundromat in Mittagong. So we were using a mix of the three of them. As of two weeks ago, the three of them have burnt down, gone. Two were bur- two burnt down for whatever reason. A- another one was arson, unfortunately. So we had made a decision in October last year just to launder the host partner's linen ourselves so we could control what was going on because we were losing a lot of linen and we were not getting it replaced. So it's a concern for a business to do that because of the money that the owner is spending on the linen. You can't justify that. So I said to my husband, how quickly can we set up a laundry? I think he rolled his eyes at the time and (laughs) he said, oh, we could do it. We could do it over a weekend. So we went to the industrial new industrial site in Mittagong. We took a two-storey, fabulous, really cool-looking steel glass sort of place, and we set up the racking. We had all the linen anyway. So we set up the racking, set up the properties, did our our alphabet, and that's how we started. We bought some machines. We went to Harvey Norman, bought these big column machines, so machines and dryers, and we just set that up. And that's how, in, absolutely how we first started. And then as of a month ago, when the third one burnt down, the next day you couldn't set foot in that laundry. We were stepping over laundry bags and we had to bring a lady on who we ha- have done and she's amazing, Mel, and she runs that laundry so well. It's super clean. Everything has its place and she's just on top of everything. So that's how it sort of went from just being a looking after our management to being a full-scale commercial laundry. So. Wow. I know. So now we need the ironing presses, we need the bigger machines, we need more space. So it's really turned into a fully-fledged laundry. That's unbelievable. Mm. It's crazy crazy what happens out of, I feel, for all those poor owners that have lost their businesses, for us it's kind of been the opposite. Yeah, yeah. And do you think it's profitable? 
yeah, I've done some I've done some figures on laundries because I hadn't ever thought about a laundry. I think it's it will be profitable again. It's all about the pricing, really. If we can get to that sweet spot of the pricing, so it makes sense. And I think the longer we're in there, we're sort of seeing this is what we need to do. Like now we're getting the public's laundry in as well. So we kind of had to yeah, come. That might have been the case. Yeah, yeah. So we're getting that as well. So we're doing undies and things like that, not not so much sheets and things anymore. So, yeah, so we're looking for stuff. And I had a coffee with a friend yesterday and he said, he's in consulting, and he said, if you can move to a 24-7 operation, he said, you will kill it. And that, that because he his dad sort of ran a, a business the same. And he said, if you can do that and you can, and we, and we can easily do it. I mean, it's set, it, it, we're all set up to go. It's just finding, as every business has the same problem, it's finding the staff to staff them. But we will. <laughs> we'll find them yeah. somewhere. Amazing. Amazing. Or we'll do it ourselves. And it still comes back to, I really believe this, you've got to be able to jump into your business, whatever that business is, and do that. Like I, I can go to the laundry and I can do the whole list myself if I need to. If Mel needs yeah. some help, I go and help her. And in fact, we're interviewing this afternoon, trying to get a couple of other people. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> like seriously, we could talk all day. And I'm not going to keep you here all day. One That's of the okay. things I want to ask you is what sort of advice can you give hosts? Because, like, there are hosts in many areas where Airbnb has tanked, and I'm sure that's interest rate related and more people are travelling overseas. But mm. how can they stay competitive? So this is a global problem because I'm on every forum you can possibly find and the US are having major problems. And in fact, in the US, they're banning Airbnbs in certain cities. You can't do you can't do anything or you pay a big fee. So we're lucky. We're lucky here at the moment that hasn't happened. I think to stay competitive, you must have skin in the game. So and what do you mean by that? Well, you can't come down. People come to the Highlands or Sydney people yeah. or wherever come to the Highlands, buy their property, set and forget. You can't do that. You can't just leave a property. You've got to have lawns done. You've got to have them looking fabulous. You've got to have your key lock right. You've got to have your linen right. And if you leave everything up to us, we'll do that. But I still think there's a disconnect with that owner to that property. So everything, we do the management side of it. But there's some things that we're not contracted to do. Yeah. So yeah. We're not residential property managers. We're very we're different to a residential property manager. And it's a different job. So we're used to ticking those boxes. It's a fast-moving industry. We know what we need to do. But for us to replace, we, we sort of don't replace hot water services and things like that. No. So there's a different sort of set of rules. We're set up, we are set up to do short-term let and to get those guests in there and get that property making money. Like a farm, every, every property's got to earn some money for the owner. Yeah. But yeah. I think that, yes, you've got to have skin in the game. You've got to be connected to a certain extent, but let that ma that manage, manager do their job. Keep the property in really good condition externally. So make sure the lawns are done. Make sure it's weeded. Make sure that someone, if you've got a neighbour that you know that can put your bins out, put those bins out and then put those bins back in. Just little things that are really important. When that guest turns up, it's a smooth transition into the property. It's seamless. And that if you've got chipped 
paint on doors and things like that. Just do those little things that make it all worthwhile. Make sure the locks work properly and do you have a backup plan if it doesn't? Absolutely. You know, yeah, fill in and feel good. Do those towels feel good? Have you got coffee there, tea there, sugar, all that sort of thing? I know when we came to visit, we really got a, a sort of insight into the level of detail that some owners go to to mm. make sure that their guests are looked after. And I think mm. that's probably what you're talking about as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like without getting, you don't want to be living a really anxious life because of an Airbnb. The best owners that I have are owners that listen and are engaged, but they're not overly anxious about the property yeah. because then that, that anxiety, you know, it's like they put their monkey on your back sort of thing. So there's got to be a little bit of a disconnect, but listen to what we're saying to you. So fill up that that locked cupboard with things so it's easier for the cleaners to get. And, and one of the things I say is if our housekeepers are out there buying stock for your property, they're not going to go to Costco. They're going to go to Coles and Woolies in Barrel and it's more expensive. So Absolutely. do yourself a favour. Yeah, do yourself a favour. Keep that locked cupboard full of stock. So toilet paper, shampoos, hand washes, things like everything that's there for that property that you've decided to supply keep it supply keep one of my theories is keep those housekeepers moving yeah don't clog them up don't stop them keep them moving get them to the next property we can follow up after them but just keep these guys moving that's what they're there to do and that's their specialty absolutely now just one more question before we go yeah what would you say to someone who was thinking about starting a business like yours obviously not in the southern islands but what would you say to someone who is thinking about going down that path? Has that ship passed? Like has it or do you think there's still a market for it? I think there's still a market for it. Where I am, there's still a market for it. I think there's always going to be a market for it. There'll be some changes and, yes, there's, you can feel the energy changing a little bit. But I think there's still, well, we have a huge wedding market here. So th those people have got to go somewhere. So I think there is a market for families to get together or couples to come to lovely little romantic getaways that isn't a hotel. Yeah, yeah. There's a, you feel a little bit more relaxed when you're in a really cosy, warm, they've got a fire going. There's something about that's lovely and there's certainly... I know there's a lot of hurt out there with mortgages and the cost of living, but there is still a lot of money around and people are still travelling. That Yes, they're going overseas, but they're still travelling. The other thing I think happens is that with Australians, we get that shock of what, what's happened, like the interest rate rise. Then we sit, tend to settle a little bit. So we're still at work. We might still be stressed at work. So we say to our partner, let's just go away for the weekend. So they jump online, they see this, they'll say quarry in, in Berrimah. Oh, this is so cute. Let's just book it. It's two days away. And they do it. So I still think people have the same stresses, but they might have that little bit of reserve where they can go away, chill out for the weekend, and then get back into it again. And it's not a long drive. No, it's no, it's great proximity. An hour and a half is, is, yeah. is okay. You probably wouldn't. You might even go to Goulburn from Sydney, but yeah, probably two hours is enough, I think. That one and a half hours to two hours, that's plenty. Beautiful. 
Yeah. Well, listen. Still want um, to pamper themselves. It's like the perfumes in hard times. Women still buy perfumes and makeup and things like that. But I think these lovely little homes that are cosy and photographed well, that's another good thing. I think they'll always do well. I don't see, I think the industry is maybe changing a little bit, but not a great deal. That was certainly the conclusion I came to, that you yeah. need, you, if you're prepared to work at it and really love up your property, yeah. that there's there, it has great potential, but the days of having lots of bread and butter listings are no more. Yeah, Correct. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. And that's actually what I start to think about too is the next level of your business. Do you pull it all back and just have a really good little group of, as I say, superstars or do you just keep growing? But I like the niche idea because I think it's really important that an owner can ring me. If they want to rant and rave, they can rant and rave or, or and we'll come up with a new plan. But I think you've got to be accessible as a manager. Absolutely. Yeah. And I know that you do an amazing job, Fiona. So <laughs> are you in our Facebook group? Uh, I think I am. She renovates because there may I'm be some coming. people following up with questions. If anyone has a property that they want to talk to you about in the Highlands, how will they get in contact with you? Well, you could. Do you want my phone number? <laughs> Whatever you want. Yeah. Well, they can ring my phone number. If you jump on the host partners website, everything's on there as well. My email is fiona at hostpartners.com.au or my yeah. phone number, yeah, is 0408 715 and I'm happy to talk to anyone because it's it, look, it's a really exciting industry. If you get that product right, you can do exceptionally well. Awesome. Well, thanks again. And we'll make sure that we include your details in the show notes as well. Fantastic. And Thank you so much. I'm going to declare this episode finished. So thanks so much, Fiona. Thanks, Bernadette. Bye, everyone. Bye. This is the She Renovates podcast. To discover how to harness the power of renovating, check out theschoolofrenovating.com.